Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Weston Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Um, I don't know how many um, of you were able to, uh, on Wednesday night, to come to um, the showing that we had in, um, in the Fellowship Hall um, for the, uh, the movie in, Indescribable. Um, how, many, how many of you were able to... Oh, there was, yeah, there's, yeah, there we go. Now they're starting to get... Um, an amazing, absolutely amazing... Um, DVD, the, the showing of the movie. It was, it was tremendous. Um, and, and, and the beauty of it is uh, there is so much that, that we've been able to see now. Um, even scripture talks about, about, um, looking into the, into the heavens and the majesty, the majesty of the heavens just cry out, um, um, the name of the Lord in that. And, and, uh, but, but with us, the day that they put that Hubble telescope um, up into the Earth's atmosphere or up above the, the Earth's atmosphere, we've been able to see the hand of, of God. We've been able to see the magnificence of, of what His creation um, actually is. And, and to be able to look out um, not just into... Um, uh, our own solar system, but to be able to look out into the Milky Way and then to go beyond the Milky Way and to look out into all the different um, uh, beautiful uh, solar systems that, that, that the Lord has created. And when you think about it, when you think about His hand creating things, and, and have you ever had somebody say, and this was such a good point that I, that I got out of that, have you ever had somebody say, you know, this is all so big out there. This is so big out there. We can't be alone. There's got to be other life um, out, out in all of these different solar systems. There's, there's got to be life out there that we haven't discovered yet. And I don't think so. You see, I don't think so because... The one, the, the God that we worship is so big that He created all of this for His glory. It, He created this to show us just how big and how awesome our God really is. And when you look at, at, you know, through that, that Hubble telescope, when you look at what's out there, you realize that that out of his mouth he spoke these things into existence and and it was and it was so he spoke it and it happened and when you look at that you go my goodness what an awesome god that we serve hey listen that wasn't part of my sermon that was just a wow i just i i just had to tell you that because I am, and I always will be, in continual awe of God. 
because he is so worthy of it. It's, it's all we can see with the naked eye. We can see these few stars out there and everything. But you know, you, you real, whoo, wow. But, but then you realize that, that when you, um, when you see the earth and the position of the earth and where it's at, do you know if it was just a little bit closer to the sun, we'd, we'd be toast. And if we were just a little bit farther away, we'd freeze to death. Well, it'd be like being up north. But I mean, it's, it's, we'd freeze to death out there. That's, that's, that's what he's given us. Wow. What an awesome God we, we serve. Um, open your Bibles, please, to, to Acts chapter 17, starting in verse 10. Guys, if, if I could only somehow get you to, to understand the awesomeness of God, to, to realize who this is that we come here and worship. I, I think that, I, I don't even, honestly, to tell you the truth, I don't think it's possible. Because I don't think that we, we, these feeble minds, and I'll point at me first on that, but these, these feeble minds, I don't think that we have the ability to even comprehend for just a moment on how awesome God is. I think that when we finally stand, oh, well, if we'll even be able to stand, well, when we come into His presence, I, I think, well, first of all, I don't think we'll stand. I don't think we could. I, I think that we'll be prostrate. I think the first, the first, the first time I see Jesus, I'll see his feet. Because I, I won't be able to see anything else. That's, that's God. That's God. Let's open, uh, chapter 17, verse 10. I'm going to read 10 through 15. Would you please stand for the reading of God's word? Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. And these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word um, with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were, were so. And therefore, many of them being uh, believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. And then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea. But both Silas and Timothy remained there. And so those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens and receiving a command for, for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Our gracious Father, we thank you so much for being our God, for being the magnificent God that you are, to being the one that, that we can come to here on this, this beautiful morning that you've created to come together to worship you, to know that your spirit is here amongst us. And I ask, Father, that, that you would use that spirit to open our hearts and open our minds. 
to the relationship of Jesus Christ that is available for each and every one of us. Father, bless this time together. And in so, I pray, Father, that you'll be glorified in all that we do. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. You may be seated. Please um, leave your Bibles open. You'll want to do that. You know, this scripture reading today is one that that, um, um, speaks about a very peculiar, um, peculiar people. Um, A a people um, who are mentioned in in Scripture, they're only mentioned here. Um, They're not mentioned uh, anywhere else in Scripture. Just these, just these few verses that I've, that I read about um, this morning is the only place that you hear about them. Um, uh, And yet, the, the small amount that, that you hear about them here, and what you read about them here, folks, could change your life. They could change who you are as an individual. They could change your relationship with, with Jesus Christ. And these people are called the Bereans. Um, they live in the town of Berea, which is probably why they call them Bereans. But, but they live in the town of Berea where Paul escaped to from Thessalonica. Now Thessalonica was a place that, that a few weeks ago we had talked about those in, in Thessalonica where, where he had gone and where Paul was there with Silas and, and they were, um, preaching in the synagogue for three consecutive Sundays, or not Sundays, but Saturdays. And, and, and the Sabbaths. They preached there for three consecutive Sabbaths, is, is, is what it says. And, and people were coming to the Lord. People were, were listening to Paul. And they were listening to the message of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And as He preached to them, people were coming to Him. They were, they were coming to the Lord. They were hearing about Jesus for the first time. And then all of a sudden the whole thing blew up. And, and they started, the Jews got involved in it, and, and they started to stir up all kinds of trouble, and they had to take Paul by secrecy and take him out of town and, and send him off to Berea, because it was such, there was such, uh, so much, there was a riot going on, is, is actually what was going on. Flip over in your, in your, uh, Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 2, 17 through 19. First Thessalonians two seventeen through nineteen. I got to get over here where I can see. Walking around to do that, but the light's better over here. <clears throat> where it says, "But we, brethren," this is where Paul is writing this. He says, "But we, brethren, have been taken away from you for a short time, in presence, not in heart." endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? It is not even you in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ that is coming. You know something, folks, when when I read that, it's what what is important here? What is important for us as, as Christians? Is, is it more important that, that we reach you to be able to, to help you, have you help around the church? Or, or is it, is it more important when, when everything else about a church becomes more important than, than finding Jesus Christ? 
that's, that's sometimes where churches go. It's, it's where they go when, when, when everything else that, that a church is supposed to do becomes more important. That's not what Paul is saying here. He's saying, I would love to come and see you. I would love to be there with you. If I'm not there, I'm there in spirit. But, but I'll tell you what. You know where I really want to see you? When I come into the presence of Jesus Christ at his coming, that's where I want to see you. And you see, folks, that's what we need to be as a church. When, when, it's nice to look out here and see it today. It, it really is. But when I come into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and, and yeah, maybe I'll be laying prostrate and I'll be looking at his feet. But when I turn my head, I'd like to see you. I would. And you see, that is the joy that Paul is looking at here. That is what this is all about. It's all about your salvation. It is all about the salvation of a community. It is all about our eternal life with him. That's what it's really about. And that's, that's what he's talking about. And even though he's being per- persecuted in Thessalonica, this, folks, is what's important to him. Yeah, they had to get him out of there, and he'd love to have come back. But this is what he was looking at. Oh, folks, it, it, it wasn't about... And I say this a lot, but, you know, it, it, it isn't about feeding the hungry. It really, that isn't what church is about. It's one of the things that we do. But that's not what it's about. It's about your salvation. It's about the salvation of this community. That's what it's really about. And that's, that's what he's talking about. But the brethren, you know, they needed to keep Paul safe, and so they moved him out of, of Thessalonica. And it was important that the message of the church continue, especially in the face of, of ridicule and persecution. You listen there in Thess, in, in, uh, first Thess, Thessalonians, where, where he said, I'd love to get back to you, but Satan keeps throwing these things in, in the way. Folks, I, I don't, I don't mean to, you know, I don't know how, how, how do you say this other than, than just, just to come out and say it? If Satan ain't attacking us, we ain't doing nothing. You know that. If he doesn't attack, he ain't worried about us. And so take that, that attack that, that he is bringing us to say that he's worried about us. To say that he's afraid about what's happening here. We're afraid of, 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 of us reaching people in the community. That's why. That's why he attacks. Badge of honor? I don't know if I want to go that far to say that, but I would much rather have Satan attack the church than I would to have him not because he's worried about it. And he's got to. Folks, this is a battle. This is a war. You know, Paul talks about this in other epistles. We talk about this this spiritual warfare that is going on. And it's going on all around us. And if we're not caught up in the war, we got something, something's wrong. Something's wrong here. Um, so as Paul comes to Berea and, and he goes to the synagogue, of course, um, it's just the next place to get thrown out of. Um, this, this is what, but this is where you see something different. In, in what I read before, look at verse 11. <clears throat> 
where it says this in Acts 17, verse 11. It says, These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were, were so. They were in their word. They were in the word of God. You see, some translations don't call them fair-minded. Some translations call them noble. It's, it has nothing to do with their, their standing in, in society. It refers to their attitude, their open-mindedness, um, to be fair-minded. These, these, were, <clears throat> these were Jews with a new attitude. That's, that's really what, what they were. <coughs> it's, it's, they wanted to learn the truth. The truth is what you want to hear. Folks, when you come in here on a Sunday morning, what you want to hear, you want to hear the truth. You really do. When, when you flip on the television and you watch somebody yakking at you and, 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 you know, sometimes you're not hearing the truth. How do you tell the difference? How do you tell the difference? Right here. Right here. And you know, this is our responsibility. You can't stand before the Lord one day at the white throne judgment and say, but I, I thought that's what he said. Too bad. It's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to know what you're hearing is true. And, and that, is that enough to tell you who these people were? These Bereans. They, they were different. Listen, listen to this. They search the scriptures daily. Daily. Why? Yet to see that if what they were hearing was true, that's who they were. And when I sit back and I say, folks, you look at these Bereans and they could change your life. They could change the way and the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. See, they were, they're Jews. But they're more interested in being scriptural than being orthodox. That's who they are. Um, they were they were more interested in the truth than in popularity. And folks, you face that today. You face that today. There's truth and there's popularity. Which one do you want? Which one does the Lord care that that you hear about? Does does, it, does he care that when when somebody to be popular today says, you know something, there's all kinds of ways of getting to heaven. There's all kinds of ways of getting there. Listen, all you got to do is start going to church. No. Sorry, folks. Sitting in church doesn't make you a Christian. Sitting in church doesn't doesn't make you a Christ believer. What that does is makes you someone who sits in in a church. Um. Maybe if we do work in the church, maybe that will help us. No, that's not it either. And you see, that's, that's a popular way. There's, there's, there are those out there, and I won't pick on Oprah, she's not on TV no more. But I mean, that was, that is the new age. It's the new age religion that says there's all kinds of ways of getting to heaven. But that's not what scripture says. And folks, you could sit back and you could believe it. There's people who have gone to church all their lives and they don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior because they've sat in church. Gee, you would think that they would... But no. Because somewhere along the line, 
Somebody says, you want to go to heaven, you go to church. Or you want to go to heaven, you feed the poor. Or you want to go to heaven, you, you clothe the naked. No, it's not true. It's, it's not even close. It's not even close. You see, the most important thing, and you know something? This goes for pastors just as well as it does for any of you that sit out there. Because when, when I study for a sermon, I'm studying something to give to you. But that's not my time. That's not my time with the Lord. And, and sometimes pastors, they, they forget that. And they figure that the only thing that's important is that we give you a message. <coughs> Excuse me. It's not true. And, and you could work around the church and you'll figure that you're doing a good thing. But in all of that, you've lost your relationship with Christ. You've lost it. That's no place to be. The most important thing that you do in your faith is your relationship with Jesus Christ. That is first, first and foremost, above everything else that goes on, above being a pastor in the church, the first thing that has to happen and has to continue is that of a relationship with Christ. You take away the relationship, and all of a sudden the messages start going, <laughs> i got to get a drink. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Didn't know I had a tickle on my throat. It's from being up north. <laughs> I'm telling you now. I'm telling you. You know, those Bereans, we sit here and, and we look at all these epistles written by Paul. The Bereans were listening to Paul. And they still went home and checked the scriptures. You, you, you get that. They were listening to Paul, and then they still went back and checked him out. Do you realize what would happen if, if Christians followed this example? There wouldn't be any false doctrines out there. They'd never get away with it. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have the, the Jim Jones, wasn't he one? Yeah. You wouldn't have people drinking purple Kool-Aid. You wouldn't have people um, 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 doing that, waiting for you know some flying saucer to show up to take us all up to heaven and all that. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. Because it's not scriptural. It's not even in there. It doesn't say nothing about that in there. The doctrine is false. It wouldn't happen. Why? If you studied. If you went to it. It's it's not punishment. <laughs> I, I remember a couple one time that, that told me, when my kid's bad, I make them read the Bible. <laughs> oh, jeez. Good grief. <laughs> they're they're gonna they're really gonna love love scripture when they when they get older because every time folks, it's not to it's well folks, it's it's to help you grow. It's to help you grow. If 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 you were an electrician, um, you, you would want to read um, um, everything on on being an electrician. You'd want to know all the codes um, it, it, to be better. But for some reason, uh, but that's just that's an occupation. 
There's a lot of different occupations that once you get into them, you, you really need to study them. You need to study. You need to know. You need to know what, what's next, what's coming, what's new, um, the, the old stuff that goes away. All of that, you need to know that. Those are occupations. Jesus Christ is a lifestyle. And yet, and yet we don't pick up anything to try and figure out how to improve this life that He wants for us. That's what the Bereans were doing. Can you imagine how blessed Christians would be if they get into the Scriptures, if they check these things out? You can see where, where, where people would truly, truly have a more wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ. Folks, that's what it's all about. It's all about this relationship. We should all be more like, like the Bereans. You could, you could see people coming home from church going, that preacher, ah, jeez, let me get my Bible and check out what that bonehead said today. I, I, it, it's, I don't, I'm not quite sure if he said the right thing today. I want to check that out. They do it. They checked out Paul. They went home. They went home and opened the scriptures and checked Paul to see if Paul was right. Folks, you go home. You've been listening to me. You need, you need to check this out. You need to know that, that what I'm saying is true. And, I, and, I, and I'm not worried about that. I'm not. I'm not. You see, folks, there's, there's one thing that stands between you and an incredible relationship with Jesus Christ. One thing, and that's you. That's you. You can have the life that He wants you to have. It is there. It's for the taking. It's there for the taking. All you got to do is reach out and grab it. Now, will the world fight back? Absolutely. The world will fight back. And what you've seen here happening with Paul is happening today. Um, let's look at, at the other side of the spectrum. Look at verse 13 in... in uh, Acts 17, look at 13. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was being preached by Paul at Berea, they came there and stirred up the crowds. They, they stirred them up. Um, you know that this had to happen. Not only did they not want them preaching in Thessalonica, they didn't want them preaching in Berea either. Those are, uh, there are those who are so desperate so desperate that that people don't hear the truth. They're desperate because they don't want people to hear about Jesus Christ. And you look back in, in Scripture and you say, wow, how could people be that way? Flip over in your Bibles to John chapter 1 in, in verse 4 where, where it says this. In Him was life. Speaking of Jesus Christ, in Him was life. And the life was the light of men. 
and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Folks, the darkness, the darkness that it's speaking of is us. It's the people who see Jesus Christ that know He is the light of the world. If, if we could shut off all the lights, black off all the windows, cut all the light out of here that we could possibly cut out, and then have me take a match and strike a match and hold it here, that would be such a bright match. That's what Jesus is in this, in this world. In a world of darkness. In a, in a world that is completely dark, Jesus Christ is that light. But yet us, as the darkness, did not even comprehend who he was. And that's who we are today. And there's those who want to keep the darkness, and, and they, not only for them, but they want to keep others from seeing the light. Figure that one out. Figure that out. Let me give you an example of this. And this, this, this kind of thing, it happens every day. This story is just, it has different names and different faces with it. What you're seeing in, in Berea, with the, those from Thessalonica, the Jews coming from Thessalonica, coming to Berea, trying to throw Paul out of there too, stirring up the crowds, not wanting him to preach about Christ. What happens today is that it's changed a little bit, but what we have is called political correctness. What's good for one outweighs the good of the many. <laughs> one person doesn't like it, we'll knock everything off. We call it a... a you know, folks, you can, you can go back to the point of saying separation of church and state. There is not one of you here. There is nobody that lives in this country that, that knows, that, that doesn't know the true reason for the separation of church and state. We know what it really is. It's to keep the government from telling us what kind of church we're going to attend. And yet we allowed them to take that and twist that around and say we gotta keep the church away from the government. And every one of us knows it. And we let them do it. We let them do it. We let them push us like that. You know, there are those that, that their object, object of life is to keep Christ from being preached to you. To you. Yeah, do you know, there was a school, I don't know if you read this one, there's a school in, in um, Texas that um, banned the Easter Bunny from school because the Easter Bunny is a religious symbol. <laughs> and I, I, hey, listen, I didn't know that. I didn't know it. You know, here we went through that cantata and never had the Easter. We, we made that cantata about Christ. And it should have been about the Easter Bunny. They're so, they're so set on trying to remove religion. They don't even know what they're doing. And they're pulling the Easter Bunny out of, out of schools because the Easter Bunny is who? He's a religious symbol. Wow. You know, folks, you're, there's always somebody who's offended. Always. I, I, I don't want to hear that. I'm offended by it. You know, I've got, I'll bet you, and it's not in succession, but I'll bet you I've got four or five hundred channels on my, uh, on my television service. 
I'll bet I do. You know, yeah, I mean, I got, 90% of it is garbage. You know, 90% of it is garbage. If I, if I want the golf channel, um, I, you know, you gotta buy all kinds of stuff to get, you know, it's just, that's just the way it is. And it is mostly garbage. But you know something, when, when, when I watch what's on television and I don't like it, you know what I do? Click. I got this powerful remote that says, I don't want that garbage here. Boom. And I shut it off. But you see, when I do that, I'm not making that choice for somebody else. I'm not going click and you can't watch what I was watching. Unless you're sitting in my house, <laughs> you know. But I'm, but that's not what we want today. Pay attention, folks. Pay attention to this. Those who wish to remove God from society are not offended by him. They're not. They might say they are, but they're not. What they're trying to do is make a choice for you. That's what they're doing. They're the people from Thessalonica. They're the Jews from Thessalonica that say, I don't want you to hear Jesus. So I'm offended. So you can't hear it. You know, have you been fooled? Listen. Have you been fooled by a world that treats Christians like the enemy? I read something the other day where part of a government organization that was doing training films where we're talking about Christians as potential terrorists. It's happening. It's happening. You're, you're a terrorist. I like that. <laughs> you know, it, it is amazing. It is amazing, but that is the direction that we're heading. And, and honestly, in, in most of us, in, in as long as, as we've been around this earth, we can't believe in what we're seeing, so we don't think that it could actually happen. Not in America. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'm sitting in a room full of terrorists. I, do we, do we, do we live in fear of what is to come for Christians? When you look at this, you can do that. You can fear the world in this. Flip over in your Bibles to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 4. And, and if you don't have a red letter Bible, this is red, because this is Jesus saying this. And he says, I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he is killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Folks, that takes me back to that DVD we just showed. A God who has created all things. A God who has created all the different universes. The God who with the, with the, with just the breath created a universe. 
God who is, is more powerful than we can even imagine. And we're going to fear something on this earth that is going to say, you are a bunch of terrorists. You cannot hear the name of Jesus Christ. Don't you proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. Do I fear them? No, I don't fear them. Do I think things are going to get worse as we go along? Yeah, I do. I do. And it's not something that happens overnight, folks. But I'll tell you, I will not stand before my Lord. I will not stand before Him and have Him be ashamed of me. I won't do that. I will stand before my Lord and be proud that He gave me the opportunity to, to touch other hearts with the name of Jesus Christ. Folks, there's, 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 a lot, there's a lot of churches out there, and if you read Scripture, it'll, and there we go back to Scripture again, but, but there's, there's, there's a lot that says that in the end days, there'll be a lot of tickling of ears, and that churches are, that's what churches are going to do. People are going to be offended by, by hearing the name of Jesus Christ. People are going to be offended by, by someone saying, you know, the life that you're living is a sinful life. You need Christ. It's the same thing as having a, a life saver or a life vest in your hand and someone is sinking, they're drowning in front of you and you get ready to throw it to them and you say, no, nah, that might offend them. That's who Christ is in people's lives. He is that life saver. He is the one that you could give to people and save their lives, save their eternal lives. Don't be afraid by what's going on around us. Know that when you stand before Him, and one day each and every one of us will stand before Him, and, and, and to say, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that you gave me to, to, to bring your name before others. Thank you for the opportunity that you gave us at Trinity to touch the hearts of somebody else. We're not going to knuckle under. There's churches out there that are tickling ears. They are. Because they don't want to offend somebody. I'm going to offend you. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it. And you need to be an offensive person. You need to be. Because someone's life depends on that. Draw your strength from Him. Draw your strength from Him in, in what lies ahead. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I thank You so much. You're such a good and a gracious God. You give us opportunity upon opportunity. And Lord, let us as, as Your children, as Your church, not fail You in this. Lord, let us, let us work in, in our own lives. Let us be as the Bereans. Let us be in Scripture every day. But then, Father, as, as the world fights against us, let us not be afraid to, to bring your name and, and to touch hearts with the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I know that you will bless us in a way that can, that can only be explained as being by your hand. And in all of this, Lord, we'll give you, we'll give you the glory because you're deserving. We pray this in your most precious name. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.